Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the second half of this conversation on fear and intuition. How do you define the distinction between the two? Does fear inform intuitive guidance? Now, I do suggest you go back and listen to the previous episode before you listen to this. If you haven't, listen to the, per- the first part of this conversation because I start right in the middle of that whole conversation. I just pick up where I left off. But to give you a little preview about what I will talk about in this second half, I will talk about your relationship to fear and how it's propagated inside our environment, inside our culture, and how do you respond to that? How do you maintain your equilibrium? How do you maintain a high vibe state? Now, I do believe that intuitive guidance is one of the skills that's most valuable to cultivate as a human being. In fact, this might be a good time to plug my course, which is inside my membership program, The Vault, and it's called The Intuition Course. And you can find out more about it there at yesdaniel.com. So in this second episode here, I do talk or address a previous listener's question. Alyssa asked, how do you maintain a sense of equilibrium, a sense of balance in the face of fear, in the face of the marketplace? How do you maintain a high vibe state. So I I do go a little bit into the pandemic and and some of the, the practices that I'm put in place and give it an intuitive perspective along with some research that I've followed up with based on my intuitive perspective. But I do tie it all into dealing with fear and doing so with intuitive guidance. And then by the end of it, I do summarize everything that I talked about, the practices that you want to put in place and how to define and delineate the difference between fear and intuition. So without further delay, I'm going to pick up right where I left off in the previous episode. So to come back again, what do you do in the, in the face of fear? You be love. You be love. You be loving. And ask yourself, what's the highest expression here? Highest vibration. And again, just like the firewalk, where's your intention? It's to thrive and get to the other side. It's to thrive as a conscious being, to expand consciousness, to be a source and force of love in the world. And by doing so, you naturally tune in to the frequency of other corresponding thoughts, other corresponding conversations that are out there in the marketplace. See, when you focus on the fear, when you focus on what's going wrong, you're going to attract more of that. When you focus on what's going right, how can you be a force and and source of love and inspiration? Then you'll be in that conversation. And sometimes when you're in an environment of fear, when everyone around you is yelling, the sky is falling, you may be guided to leave the barnyard. Now here in Texas, we have 10,000 people moving here every day from New York, from Colorado, from California, where the, where the laws are a lot more restrictive. But even if you stay where you are, in the context of law of attraction, 
when you're vibrating and you're tuning into the frequency of love and compassion and your highest expression, then you can create an ecosystem around you. You will attract the right circumstances. You will attract the support that will allow you to thrive. If your intention is to thrive, when everyone else around you is yelling, the sky is falling, then you will create the circumstances where you can rise above that conversation because you create your reality. You can create a thriving economy, a personal economy that is thriving when everyone else is saying that the sky is falling. But one, you have to believe that you can. Two, listen to the guidings and the urgings that will lead you into that, creating that, that ecosystem and continue to align vibratorily, energetically with that higher vibe state, the higher vibe state of the higher state of existence. You cannot be party to the conversations around fear. Remember, fear is a call to pay attention. So if there's fear of being propagated, start paying attention. What's going on here? So this, this was a long answer to a short question. Does fear inform intuition? By and large, no. It is a component of the human experience, to be sure. But if fear is coming up, it's usually an indicator. And I say usually because everyone's wired just a little bit differently. But you have to set it, you have to go inside and calibrate and decipher for yourself what is this coming from? What's being communicated? What is this about? Because if fear does come up, it's not telling you to stop. It may tell you to take a step back and reassess. It's typically not telling you to fold up your tent, pack up your toys, and go home. It's like, what is going on here? There is uh, circumstances here that you need to be conscious of and make a decision. Fear is energy to either run, fight, or take action. And in the context of manifesting... If fear comes up, it's an indicator that you are not in alignment with your intention. You're not aligned. You haven't aligned your emotions with your mind and your actions. You're not congruent in going after or attracting that intention. Now, I I know it's difficult to maintain your balance when everyone else around you is saying something else. But if I have one message in all my podcasts is that you become, I want you to become your own inner authority. Live your life from inner signals, be inner directed. Learn to be your own inner authority. Don't validate yourself from outside sources. You, I want you to consider them. But in, in the end, you have the final say. You get to use your own criteria to know how valuable you are, how important your thoughts are. You're not dependent upon other people to validate who you are. And in saying that, you have to realize that it it takes a certain something. You have to use your mind. You have to use your conscious awareness because at the animal level, in the body, you have instinctual awareness of the herd. You're a herd. We are a herd animal. We're a social animal. We're meant to be in groups. We're meant to interact. We're meant to, to love each other, to be connected to each other. So there is a natural inclination. It's born in us. It's part of our DNA to be connected to others, to be part of the herd, to be part of a community, which, <laughs> okay, which 
you know, I'm an expert in nonverbal communication. Do you realize that the social distancing, the six feet out on a nonverbal level indicates that you're a stranger? It, you know, this, the social distancing has no basis in fact, no basis in science. It was just suggested and asked the question, why would someone do that? Well, if I can create distance between you and your fellow man, then you begin to see other people as not connected to you. And if they're wearing masks, then I perceive you as being a potential threat. You're dangerous. If you get too close to me, you're dangerous. You're not common folk. We're not community. No, you're, you're a threat. And then in communication, in communicating, over 93% of the communication is nonverbal. It's not your words. It's what we perceive in the body and facial expressions of the other person. And of that 93%, over 60% are facial cues. And when you hide the mouth and you hide all that aspect, you disengage levels of communication. You actually create more isolation in the population And when people feel isolated, there's a greater sense that they will rely on the authority in the room or in the marketplace. Well, you can probably tell, (laughs) based on what I just said about face masks, that I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Never been a fan. And, you see, I also have a background as a hazmat specialist, spill spill cleanup specialist. Now, I I wore a mask when I was cleaning up a spill. But do you know that that mask had to be fitted specifically to my face and that I could not have facial hair, that I could not gain more than five pounds, otherwise I had to be refitted. And every six months, my face mask was fitted to my face, refitted to make sure that it did fit, that it wouldn't allow anything in. So what I'm saying is that from a, a strictly utilitarian point of view, The majority of the face masks, I'd say way over 90% of the face masks that people wore were completely ineffective, totally did not do the job that they were told or implied that they would. And of course, I'm sure you've heard the rationale, the science behind why face masks work. But I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to just take my description of it. Take what you know about face masks and make your own internal assessment. What do you... what? resonates intuitively. Why were face masks such a big deal? Did they really protect everybody? Now, Texas has not had the face mask law for a a very long, but isn't it interesting that the CDC lifted the whole face mask mandate the moment the Soviets invaded Ukraine? Suddenly in the news, there was another source of anxiety, another source of fear and unrest, and so we didn't need the face mask anymore. And why one day did you need them? And then the next day, eh, no problem. So check in for yourself. Check in with your intuition. What does your intuition tell you? What is the real deal here? What's the real agenda? Now, here's my recommendation. To tune more into your own intuitive guidance and stop listening to the external fear mongers. Stop listening to network news. Stop reading the paper. Stop looking for the news items on the internet or the social media. I tell you, if anything of real importance occurs, somebody else is going to tell you about it. And then you can, you know, investigate more. But network news 
is not a service. It is a business. And if it bleeds, it leads. I tell you too many good feeling stories, people don't tune into them. But you start talking pandemic and fire and bloodshed, then you're tuning in. What the hell's going on over there? But another story of a, of a soldier and a long deployment coming home to their family, surprising their family, you're going to cry? I did. I have five, six times. But do I cry on the 10th time? Yeah. But do I want to watch another one? Probably not. So stop listening to network news. We actually stopped listening to network news, I think it was March of 2020, because we just recognized the fact that they were distorting information. They were distorting numbers and all kinds of different you know, expert testimony. I could feel it. And so we've stopped listening to it. We stopped watching it. The next recommendation is start feeding your mind positive, uplifting high vibe information. You can do that on YouTube. You can control it more on YouTube than you can on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram. Like, Look for certain types of information. Feed your mind. Feed your spirit. Do that for at least a half an hour. (laughs) Do that for at least a half an hour every day. First thing in the morning, feed your attitude. You see, if you consistently feed your attitude, then you can weather any negativity that shows up. Now, I just realized that I have a resource for this. It's how to raise your vibration. There's a list of, I don't know, 20, 30. I can't remember how many things. I haven't really referenced it in a while. I don't even know where it is exactly. I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay, update here. So this high vibe list, there's 30 activities which you can engage in that are guaranteed to raise your vibration. You can find that at yesdaniel.com forward slash 43. Yesdaniel.com forward slash 43. And yes, the link will still be in the show notes. The next recommendation, which is on the list, is to meditate. Meditate for at least five to 10 minutes every day. Just focus on your breathing or just stand outside and ground. Go barefoot. It's summertime for most of you. And go out barefoot and stand on the ground for five minutes three to five minutes, you'll begin to feel an immediate release because there's negative ions in the ground. It will discharge any static electricity you're carrying or any positive ions that happen to be free floating. Just go out and ground. So you need to practice every day. And I haven't always been doing this like I've been preaching, but I am a convert. I think somehow I thought I was above it. I just got distracted with other things. But By all means, every day ground. Every day do some self-nurturing activity. And when things do come up in the marketplace, in conversation, you you maybe you'll hear it on the news while you're channel surfing somewhere else. If you hear something that's disturbing to you, and it will feel disturbing, check in with your intuition. Ask yourself, what's really going on here? What intuitively are you picking up? Is it true? Is it false? Does it beg a deeper question? And if you're fairly new or less practiced in checking with your intuition, go for low-hanging fruit. Go for a yes, a no, true, false. Do I ask a deeper question? Is there more information that I need? How does this feel to you? And make sure that you're grounded and centered. You're not in fear. 
So I have to admit, when I first started this episode, I thought it was going to be relatively short, maybe a 10-minute. You know, how much is there to say about fear and intuition? If there's fear showing up, it's not intuition. But as I went, more started coming through. Could say intuitively was coming through, something more to talk to. I had other associations, and I went on and on. In fact, one more recommendation just popped in my head. Search out and find the book, How to Lie with Statistics. I think you can still find it on Amazon. It's probably been 30 years since it was first published. It's a relatively easy read, but you read that book and the news outlets, the news media, the scientists will not be able to pull one over on you anymore because you'll question everything they say. They talk about a clinical trial. You'll ask, how big was the trial? How long did it go for? When they show you a graph, you'll ask, what is it being compared to? What's the scale? Because visually, it's easy to skew anything. And if you're, not, no, if you're not familiar with what it's being referenced to or what the scale is, you can easily be misled. Oh, oh okay, I thought I was going to quit. This one last thing popped in my head. Uh, I think it was May 19th, 2020. The CDC changed the reporting system uh, for what COVID cases would be reported. They said, if you're admitted to the hospital, it's going to be automatically assumed you have COVID. And that's how they're going to adjust the numbers. No test required. They're just going to assume if you entered the hospital, you had COVID. And supposedly they were supposed to amend the records later once they got all the data in. So what happened? You would think that if they started, if they changed the way they were accounting, that numbers would go up. Well, this is what happened in the news. Now, even though we've gone, we went on a diet from network news, I still recorded local news and I would fast forward through the program and get to the weather. I checked the 10 day forecast, but even though I was fast forwarding it, I saw the headline single greatest one-day increase in COVID cases. If my confidence in network news wasn't already suspect, that would have surely did it. Now, they didn't mention, I listened to it, and they didn't mention anything about the CDC changing how they were reporting or requiring hospitals to report cases. And if you didn't know that the CDC had changed their accounting, you would have said, holy crap, this is getting serious. And unfortunately, most people do not dig below the headline. I've been telling my wife that I need to do a, a short course on mass hypnosis. And if you don't know yet, if you've just started listening, I have been studying hypnosis of the phenomenon of hypnosis, hypnotic suggestion, ever since I was 13 years old. I'm now 63, roughly. So it's been a while. And... Many of the techniques of hypnosis have been used in the news, the media, the government. And like I already mentioned, the face mask. Well, in thinking about it, there's, I probably need to mention there was two things that came through as intuitive guidance or intuitive communication um, that set me up to really take a look at this whole thing with different eyes. It was in 2019, December, I was making my coffee and the news was on and they mentioned the Wuhan virus. And then I get the intuitive message. And the way it occurs for me is in a low voice on the left side of my my head, 
right behind my ear. That's the location that it feels like it's coming from. And I heard manufactured crisis. And then I heard a little narrative in my head that said, they're going to blow this out of proportion. It's going to be way out of context. And I told my wife about it. And this was way before, you know, the United States started imposing all these different sanctions and think, you know, procedures and protocols or even concern. And then the the next instance happened in February, I think it was the first or second week in February, and we had yet to uh, create the diet from Network News. And again, I was making my coffee and the news was on and, and Fauci was on, and he talked about the, the sudden increase in hospitalizations. And again, I heard the low voice on the left side behind the ear, and it said, creative accounting, made up numbers made-up numbers. And I have to admit, this prompted my curiosity, because I always have to find stuff out. And so I started looking up at how were they reporting the numbers, how were they ascertaining who had COVID, who didn't, and how they determined what the cause of death was. Well, at that time, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to say that the numbers were, it was creative accounting. You know, look it up yourself. If you're curious, look it up yourself. Look at how were the numbers ascertained and are the test, is the is the methodology reliable? And then you have to look at the expert, the expert that's talking. Do they have a vested interest in being right? Now, I have to admit, this is something that was way off my radar until like 2012. I mean, fairly recent. It was when I discovered the Bosnian pyramids. Now, I didn't discover them, but I discovered Dr. Sam Osmanagic, or Dr. Sam, and he discovered the Bosnian pyramids. And you might say, I've never heard of the Bosnian pyramids. Well, there's a reason why, more than likely. It has a lot to do with people trying to discredit the discovery. And when I say people, it's academians and experts that are, have studied the Egyptian pyramids, you see, they say that the Egyptian pyramids are only about 3,000 years old, on the, the oldest. But when uh, Dr. Sam was in the process of excavating the Bosnian pyramids, there was a piece of organic material that was found that was pressed between you know, the soil and uh, the exterior of the pyramid. And that leaf, what was left of that leaf, carbon dated to about 24,000 years B.C., and then all the experts said it was impossible, couldn't be true, because if it were true, it would make the Bosnian pyramids the oldest set of pyramids on the planet. It would completely invalidate all these PhDs, these experts that say they know how the pyramids were built in Egypt, how long it took, how long they've been there. So confirming the discovery in Bosnia as credible would have invalidated their PhDs, would have invalidated their credentials, would have invalidated their expertise. And in the context of confirmation bias, which I've talked about before, there was no way they were going to confirm and support the discovery in Bosnia. In fact, they've gone out of their way to prove it a hoax. They've gone out of their way to discredit Dr. Sam. They've gone out of their way to discredit how things are being excavated Every aspect of it, they've tried to punch holes in it. That was my first experience of cancel culture. And it is founded in the human need to be right, the egoic need to be right. 
and not to admit that you're wrong. And I could be wrong, but I, all I have in the end is my intuition. All I have is my own inner signals, my own rational assessment informed by my intuitive guidance. In summary, if you listen to it this far, kudos to you. I applaud you 100%. So don't allow your fear to inform your intuition. If you feel fear, recognize it as telling you that you're pointing your mind in a direction that is actually preventing you from seeing the truth, seeing your intuitive guidance. So get centered, get grounded, check in. What does your intuition say? What's really going on here? What do I need to be concerned about? And it's helpful if you ask yes and no questions to get started with. And if nothing comes up inside or verbally or in a sensation or feeling, ask for more evidence, ask for a sign, ask for you to be led to more information, just like my wife on TikTok or me sometimes on YouTube. Ask the universe to conspire on your behalf and bring you information, bring you an expert, bring you something to expand your awareness. Realizing that the universe is always conspiring to answer your most pressing question, your current question. Intuition is that way too. It will always answer your current question. And that's why you need to check in. What is my point of attraction? What is the question I've been asking? What has been my focus? Next, in face of fear, when fear is presented to you, when fear is all around you, be a source of love. Be a source of enlightenment. Now, don't put your head in the sand and just play like, you know, love is the only thing. But be a source of love and always be in the process of expanding the conversation, expanding possibility. But this is one thing you need to realize. By design, you are an intuitive being. You have an internal GPS. You are not to surrender authority of your life, of your decisions, of what's right for you, over to anybody else, nobody else. You have autonomy. You have authority. Do not surrender that to anybody else. Do not give in to the man in the white coat. Do not give in to your parents. Do not give in to your friends. Do not give in to anybody else. They are not you. They do not have your brain. They do not have your concerns. They do not have your path. And as a human being, you have been gifted. When I say gifted, your gifted intuition, not as a gift making you special. It's one of your gifts as being a human being. It's one of your natural gifts. Every person has access to intuitive guidance. Most people have learned not to pay attention to it, not to trust it, That's why people make decisions based on external feedback, other people's ideas of what's right for them. And it's why you've been taught time and time again not to trust your own internal wisdom. Why other people have tried to control you because if you live your life according to your own inner signals, more than likely you're not going to fit into other people's agenda. That makes you dangerous. It makes you an unknown quantity. It's something that can't be factored in because, oh my God, you might make a decision in your behalf that doesn't suit me. And that brings me to the last message that's in this podcast. There's many messages on different levels, but the three main ones. The third one here is question other people's motives on why they're saying what they're saying. Check in with your intuition. Are they being up and up? Is there anything that you need to question here? Especially 
if they're in a position of leadership, especially of governance. Because frankly, people do not seek office unless there's some amount of narcissistic tendencies there of power and control. Now, in a few, and it is a few, they are totally servant leaders. They are there because they really want to make a difference. But if they are a career politician, chances are they are there for the power. And more than likely, they have some other agenda that does not benefit you. And that might sound a bit cynical, but it's just been my experience. So I just question it. when, Like I always ask, what's in it for them? Is this legislation, is this suggestion in alignment with other things that they've done in their history or their career? So again, do not surrender your authority to outside influence. So that's it. I'm done. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 